Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Swing and a miss, strike three. Swing and a miss, strike three. Got him. Call strike three on a fastball. Two and two. Going to go the fastball away. Not the location he wanted, but it worked out as fielder. Swung and missed. Seven Ks for Dempster. Up in the air. Kukudome in right. Cubs win. Back-to-back shutouts to start this series as Ryan Dempster gets his 100th career win, number 50 as a Cub. Ryan Dempster with Matt Spiegel on Hit and Run. So there he is. In the starting rotation, getting it done for his 50th win as a Cub, his 100th win as a pitcher in the bigs. But Ryan Dempster, I keep coming back to your 2005 season with the Cubs, um, and we just traced your Tommy John and how that all went down. Um, 2005, uh, LaTroy Hawkins is the closer. I've talked to LaTroy. I, I, I enjoyed him very much in conversation. How was he as a teammate? I know he went through a very rough time uh, that year and sometimes here, but seems like a decent guy, LaTroy. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Incredible teammate. Great, One of the greatest dudes. So awesome, man. I, LaTroy was, was a, a delight to be around. One of my favorite teammates. Beautiful. Um, so 2005 starts, and you got back in the rotation at the beginning of 2005. You started six games, healthy enough to do that, but then they make you a closer. 33 out of 35 in save chances for Dempster. And both of the blown saves became wins for you. Um, And then I saw this stat, and I wondered if you knew it. The only Cub and one of just three players ever to both start a game and collect 30 saves in the same season. Did you know that you're one of only three guys ever to do that? I I did not. I I did know there there was one other Cub that did it, or the only Cub you said. You're the only Cub. Get 30 saves, 30 saves, and make at least one start in the same season. Only Cub ever. Wow, that's pretty cool. Right, isn't that cool? And there's and you're one of only three guys in the history of the game to do that. I don't um, even know who the other two guys would be. I got him. I got him for you. Mike right. Marshall. Mike Marshall in 1979. Yeah. Um, and he had 32 saves. Only made one start. It was a spot start. Two innings in the middle of August. I looked at the game log because I'm a dork of epic proportions. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
And uh, and Chris Kamko, who's going to join a, join me next hour, does great stat nuggets. Help me out. I, I Twitter messaged him. I'm like, help me out with this. I don't know how to use the play index. You're the guy. So and then so Mike Marshall and then Danny Graves in 2002. He had 32 saves and then made four starts in September after the Reds were out of it. And I guess they wanted to check him out as a starter. I, I barely I was, remember. I was that. on that team. I was on that team. Oh, b- boom. Boom. Yeah, and that actually, so, so, that actually was the, uh, you know, I don't want to say that, like, I mean, that, that was end up being the worst thing for Danny's career because he was an all-star closer and they thought he could be a starter and then it just never panned out and he never got back to being the closer he was. And that was, uh, that was a, a tough thing. Yeah. Yeah. He, and he didn't like it. He didn't like, he liked the unknown. He liked to be able to just sit there and not know if he was going to pitch the starting stuff where he knew he, he was pitching that day was not his favorite thing. Wow, that, that's so interesting. That's such a unique, uh, it's such a weird perspective. Like, what, uh, oftentimes, one or the other will be a better fit. Just sitting out in the bullpen, going, "Could be me, could be me tonight." Is, is yep. that's a better mindset for some people, huh? Yeah, well, and you, and it could not be you, and all of a sudden your team rallies and scores four runs, and it's now it's you. So it doesn't even give you time to think about it. And you know that was one thing I did like about closing. You can map it out all you want. Um, really until the eighth inning and two out, you still don't know if you're necessarily in there. So um, it was it was always a little bit of an adrenaline rush because it happened really quick, really fast as to whether or not it was you were getting in there and it was a safe situation. I, I really enjoyed that part. So, so interesting. So neither of those examples, Mike Marshall and Danny Graves, are, are, are an exact comp. So Danny's getting moved as the team does an experiment. Uh, Marshall just made a spot start after an off day in the middle of August. But think of all the times we've seen somebody start in the rotation and then people say, all right, you know what, go to the bullpen. Will you help us out? You could argue that nobody ever had a better year of doing that than you. That's pretty cool. Thanks. Yeah, no, it was, it was an incredible year. It really was. And um, it, was a, it was a lot of fun to, to do that. I enjoyed it. Obviously, when you... When you go, you know, 33 to 35, and, you know, like you said, the, the two I blew were wins. So I was like, oh, this is great, man. Um, it, it, there were some tense moments in there and a lot of fun. I remember going on a uh, on a 10-day road trip, um, and I think I had six or seven saves on that 10-day road trip, oh. in, including three of four in San Francisco to end the road trip. It was, it was, uh, it was an adrenaline rush. Um, I was as good as I probably had ever been throwing the ball. Um, I was, I was throw. I remember there was one save in there, um, in, uh, in Philadelphia and, uh, Carlos Zambrano was cruising through eight innings. Um, uh, and then I guess to, un, like you said, you don't know if you're going to be in there. He's got like 90 pitches. So, you know, Z didn't want to come out after 125 pitches. So 90, he was for sure going to finish the game. Right. So we're yeah. just kind of hanging out and all of a sudden we get a phone call that Zambrano has a blister. And I'm in. It's a two to nothing game. And so now all of a sudden I'm warming up. I'm warming up. I come out there. It's Veterans Stadium. I'm going through the heart of the lineup. Here we go. I get one out and I walk a guy. And then I walk a guy. And then I walk another guy. <laughs> and then I walk another guy. I walk oh, four, guy- no. four guys in a row to make it two to one. And Dusty Baker, after already having a, a mound visit from Larry Rothschild, here comes Dusty and he takes one step on the top step. And I just, the loudest cough slash, you know, clearing my throat voice I can make from a baseball field. And I just, <clears throat> and he kind of looks out at me and I just go, no. 
If it's if, I, if this is happening, I'm going to be the one. It's either going to be me or it's going to be no one. I'm not bringing one of my relievers in to clean up this awful god mess that I just made. And I end up punching out David Bell and uh, uh, an infielder, Tomas Perez, to get the save. Oh, wow. And also, talking about things that never happened, I believe, and I, I'm not a stat expert, only guy to walk four consecutive batters and still earn a save. So, oh. um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'll check on it. That could be true. Yeah. Do you know that to be it true? Was, I, I, I believe so. Somebody told me that. I don't know if they did their fact-checking, but I was told that by somebody. But, uh, yeah, I just like it just shows you how crazy the game can be sometimes. And for the pitchers out there listening and the young kids, just because you're bad in that moment, if you clear your mechanism, clear your thoughts, you're only one pitch away from getting it. Turns out I was about uh, you know, nine or ten pitches away from getting out of it, but I got out of it and got the save. Wow. It's cleared the mechanism, cleared the mind, and all of a sudden control comes back. That's that's insane. I, I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I, I love the uh, <laughs> I love the um, the the loud throat clear. Was there like an f bomb mixed in there, or just like no. just, <laughs> just the loud like like the I was the annoying person at the movie theater, you know, like just like come on, dude, go out in the lobby and cough or something. Like I was just clearing my throat as loud as I could, and then Dusty looked out, and then he uh. just said, "I think he might have dropped a little um, a little f bomb that said, all right then, and explicit of you go get it then." If you want this, remind so. remind uh, remind people of uh, of the story of when Panella came out to talk to you. You were out there to close, right? I think it's the first time you said it was the first time that he came out to try and talk to you, right? First time ever, first game I ever pitched in a regular season for Lou Panella. Second game of the year, uh, we played the opening day in Cincinnati of 2007. Lost 16 to four. I did not pitch that day. Off day Tuesday, we're winning eight to one. Um, it's cold. I come in to get an inning of work. I get the first guy out. I walk the next guy. Here comes Griffey up the plate. I go 1-0, and here comes Lou out of the dugout, you know, doing a lightning bolt route. He's staggering towards third. He's going towards home. <laughs> I'm confused. I don't know what the heck's going on. Like, why is my manager coming out here? And he just goes, son, what's the problem? And I was like, what do you mean, what's the problem? He goes, it's 30 degrees out. We're winning eight to one. We got Montgomery and ribs in the clubhouse. Let's go throw it over the plate. <laughs> and then he just turned around and walked away. And I think I, I always tell the story. And I'm pretty sure I threw ball two before he was even in the dugout. He was still on the warning track. And I just was like ball two. I got out of the inning and then I went back. And this is why I love Lou. I went back in the next day. I go, Hey Skip, can I talk to you? He goes, what's up? I go, I'm your closer, right? And he goes, yeah. I go, well, then the only reason you should ever come to the mound is to take me out of a game. Cause I blew the save. And he, I don't need a pep rally. And he goes, oh, okay, all right. And to his word, he never did again. The only time he ever came out and took me out was when I blew a save. So it was, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> Montgomery Hibbs. Yeah. And he was right. And they're delicious, yeah. too, by the way, which you can also order online. Oh, there you go. I, I, you can order them online, and hopefully they're doing carryout in this. In I should send him. Times. I'm going to send him a couple dozen. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get his address, and I'm going to send him a couple dozen just for that story right there. There, there you go. There you go. That's beautiful. That's how we pay for show content here uh, here on The Score. That, that's for damn sure. Um, Ryan Dempster being very generous with his time. Let's do one more segment. we got to talk about Off the Mound, and i got to talk to you about my Arizona obsession um, with, uh, with a certain Cub who's very, very important. So it's hit and run. Chris Kampka at 1130. One more segment with Ryan Dempster when we come back on 670 The Score. Hit and run with Matt Spiegel. Sundays, 9 a.m. to noon. Oh, hey, guys. 
Commissioner of Dunkin' Donuts 3310. West Addison is in. We have coffee with a cop on a rooftop. Benefiting the Special Olympics. Come on by. Don't miss it. Donuts are good and fresh. Just one. It's coffee with a cop today at Dunkin' Donuts here at 3310 West Addison. Apparently, I had too many donuts because Barb threw me in the back seat. Thanks, Barb. Come on down. Come on down. Support the Special Olympics, everybody. Come on out. Have coffee with a cop. A little taste of one of the videos on the Off the Mound website, offthemound.com is where you can find out about Off the Mound with Ryan Dempster. I've seen you do that show. A lot of Cub fans have seen it, Ryan, at, uh, at, at the Cub convention. And maybe that's, is that where it was born? Like the Friday night thing at, at the Cubs convention? Or did they grab you to do that once they realized you were doing this, this talk show format with ballplayers that you've now done for a lot of years there? No, that's, it, it started out as one show, uh, you know, Friday night at the convention, um, and, and having the players up there and having a chance to uh, sit down with them and, and kind of make it, a, you know, a little bit of our version of a late-night talk show. And then it just kept evolving, and a couple years later we added a band. The Hemisphere is a great Chicago band for anybody who hasn't seen or heard them. Um, you know, when we're out of this world we're in right now, you get a chance to check them out too. They're incredible. And uh, it just kept growing, and then we came up with Off the Mound, and um, – you know, we started doing some benefit shows. We did uh, one a couple years ago for CPS Score, which is an after-school sports program for CPS schools. And then Special Olympics Illinois, we partnered up with last year, and we're going to do again in the fall this year that we're super proud to be a partner with them and, and help raise awareness and, and money and um, uh, for the great, incredible work that they're doing and the athletes that they have and the things they're doing. So, um, yeah, it's kind of been my, my little bit of my little baby. And, um, you know, just uh, as a player – we get interviewed a, a bazillion times um, and, you know, unlike this show, Matt, which is a lot of uh, fun. A lot of the questions are baseball, baseball, baseball all the time. And um, we get it, we understand it, but also too, for us, um, the, the, the most fun we have are the bus ride, the plane ride, the clubhouse, um, the hotel rooms at night where we're sitting around telling stories. And um, we want to put that out there to be able to give people an opportunity to share those stories with fans and, um, it's really been a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, we've done it at the Innings Fest the uh, last couple of years in Arizona. We had four incredible shows uh, a month ago down there in Arizona. Um, so much fun and laughs and great guests. And, and hopefully just, uh, you know, really kind of humanizing the athlete a little bit and, and, and appreciating for who they are, not just what they do. And um, we're looking forward to see where, where it goes in the future. I wanted to get there to Innings Fest. It was a weekend um, just before Scorehouse where we did this ridiculous thing um, where we had like all the most of the score hosts were all there staying together in this big house and doing our own Arizona ridiculousness. But that weekend, um, I wanted to get there. I heard those shows were awesome. The, the music festival, Innings Festival. I know Dave Matthews Band was there one day. Weezer was there one day. Um, Death Cab for Cutie, Portugal the Man, like it, all these great bands. And then you're there doing four shows, as you mentioned, with PV and Sutcliffe. I heard Sutcliffe and Grace together were like, um, <laughs> and like th- those guys, those guys were the closers. No offense to you, an actual closer, but having those guys as closers seems to make sense. Yeah, well, it's like Abbott and Costello up there, and it's it's always fun, too, to have <laughs> a guy like Mark Grace who, you know, it's hard to get the microphone from Sutcliffe. 
So, you know, somebody who <laughs> like Grace, you could actually take it from him and, and, and throw it right back at him. It, it was an absolute hoot. And, you know, to have him sharing, you know, stories and moments like, you know, how Sut took, you know, a, a young Mark Grace as a rookie and looking for the batting cage and telling the whole story about uh, Sut sending him to the Cardinal clubhouse. And, you know, and, and Grace just walking us through it all and how it all transpired. You know, people were just laughing, laughing their tails off at it. And, you know, guys like Kevin Millar and Johnny Gomes and Luis Gonzalez, you know, an Arizona Diamondback legend, walking us through what it's like to live out every little boy or little girl's dream of winning, uh, you know, a walk-off hit in Game 7 of the World Series. And, and you know, uh, off Mariano Rivera against the Yankees in Arizona, um, and he took us through that whole experience, and it was just really, really special. And you know, Jake wow. Peavy's playing music, and Sean Dunstan, and you know, Kenny Lofton, and all these guys, and it was just really great. We had a musical element, and we have videos that we run, and we get interactive with the fans. And Jim Tomey's doing a Hall of Fame run, home home run derby. <laughs> so we take out these baseballs, right? And they're soft, soft baseballs, and and Tomey's hitting them, and we're giving money to to charity, and his charity is Sox Charities, and so. If he hits a home run, it's on a baseball field. We build this stage up. If he hits a home run, I give 500 bucks to Sox Charities. Well, these balls that he's hitting, they're you know they're they're kind of not hard enough. They're barely getting out. And Jim Tomey is still capable of hitting a ball out of any ballpark. So we have these other balls that were a little bit harder, but a little bit nervous because if these hit anybody, you know there might be some damage done. But for the sake for charity and for the cause, we thought it would be worth it. Almost like the MasterCard home run ball, you know, the gold ball at the end. We're going to bring out yeah. four of these balls. Well, Jim proceeds to hit all four out, but the last one he hit, apparently, I found out, it went over the fence, over the porta potties, over the merch tent, and somebody was walking along, and it just all of a sudden, zoom, boom, and this ball just hits and bounces about 340 feet away from our home plate stage. So. Oh, Luckily, God. nobody got hurt. We raised a bunch of money for charity, and uh, you know it was just a, a great all-around weekend, and and really fun for people to see what Off the Mound's all about. And I'm, I appreciate you bringing it up, and people can check us out on Twitter uh, at Off the Mound, at uh, Instagram at Off the Mound, and and as well just to see past interviews and shows we've done, and things that we'll have going in the future too. That that's awesome. That's awesome. Tommy is such a sweet guy. Is such a good dude. And so ridiculously strong and massive still. He really is. <clears throat> he is Mr. Incredible. He looks exactly like <laughs> Mr. Incredible. And he does. He, he's the real life he? version. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's, he so does. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's so much there. I don't. I, do you remember the Sean Casey story that he told at the one you did at the Vic about Ken Griffey Jr. and the, uh, and oh. the Razor? I, oh, yeah. I, I, I Oh, tell me, remind me, remind me, because I, I remember that I loved it, but I can't remember the details. Well, you know, Griffey, you know, he, so he, he had, he says Griffey has these clippers, you know, he wants, he wants to do some, uh, some haircutting, some beard trimming, maybe a little bit of manscaping on his chest and stuff. And so he yes. borrows Griffey's clippers and he's like, and these are like the best clippers you've ever seen. These are like the Mercedes Benz of clippers, you know, they're top notch. And, and so Griffey bo- lets him borrow them. And so now he's returning them. He knocks on his hotel room door and he goes, here you go, man. And Griff's like, hey, uh, just curious. You didn't happen to do any trimming like, you know, you know, south of the border, did you? And uh, and, and, and Case is like, yeah, man, I, I actually I did. Is that okay, you know? And Griffey's like, no, it's not okay. You can keep them. 
<laughs> and so then Jason's like, I still got them. I still use them to this day. <laughs> well, they're great. Griff, uh, bought the best. I know he bought the it's best. It's unbelievable. And the best is if you go right now and anybody, you know, so we're living in a social media world right now. So go on, on Instagram and go to the mayor's office, which is Sean Casey's handle at the mayor's office. And, and he's doing these story times with Sean Casey right now. And they are absolutely, you want to talk about in a, in a stressful time to be able to laugh. This guy is one of my favorite teammates. He's incredible. You know, a quick my teammate is Sean Casey. So I get traded over the Reds in 2002. I'm with the team for one week. I've been on the team for a week. You know, that's not a long time, but I've, you know, I've had some yeah. friendships with these guys across the field. You know, this is a little bit of a, you know, kind of along the same line. So I get this phone call. We're staying at the old Hyatt Union Station there in, in St. Louis. Um, and I get the phone in the hotel room rings. And so I pick it up and I'm like, Hello? Like, this is weird. My hotel room phone doesn't ever ring. And it's Sean Casey. And he goes, hey, hey, Demp, can you come down to my room, man? I got, I got something I want to ask you. And so I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I get down to his room, and he goes, hey, uh, you know, I don't know if this is crossing the line or anything. And I'm like, wow, man, this guy needs money or something? What's going on here? Yeah. And uh, he goes, uh, hey, my wife's coming into town, and uh, I, I haven't really had a chance to take care of my manscape. Is there any way you could shave my back for me? <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, now I'm in, now I'm at a crossroads, right? Because I got to be a good teammate. Yes, you do. You know? But I'm a little bit creeped out. But I'm like, being a good teammate's <laughs> the most important part, Sean. You know what? Give me those clippers. I didn't know they were Griffies, but let me trim up your back for you. And I went through there. What I should have done is I should have carved a number twenty-one in his back, just just right there with a, a Casey. But it was that thick, you know. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that was a that, good team. We're it. still friends to this day because of that. You See, know? that that's it. That's once once you've shaved a man's back, I think like there's a closeness that's achieved that's irreplaceable. I think. <laughs> pretty, pretty pretty sure uh, that's the case. Um, yeah, all right, all right I, I I I gotta I gotta ask you one one baseball thing. I've teased it like three times, so I gotta get to it before we let you go. Um, I'm I was obsessed with this idea of Craig Kimbrell adding a changeup. He's practiced it for 11 years in spring training, 11 years. And it's, apparently it's pretty good. And I'm just worried. I'm worried that the four seamer isn't as special as it used to be, nor is it as rare as it used to be to have that kind of carry. Cause everybody's trying to like pitch design and, and, and throw it like that, you know? And, and I just, and it's a small category of closers who have added a pitch and stayed excellent. Like I don't, you know, or, or like as, as the fastball has gone away, it's a very small category of guys who've, who've stayed great. Um, and uh, before I get your answer, listen, this is Jed Hoyer. Um, had a chance to ask Jed about it and uh, asked Ross about it while I was out there. I asked everybody about it and I'll ask you too. But here I asked Jed Hoyer about it and here's what he had to say about the possibility of Kimbrel throwing a changeup. He's thrown four in his life in the big leagues. Spring training for 11 years, but four actual in-games. Here's Jed Hoyer. I'd love it if you throw some change-ups. I just think that, you know, why not put something else in the guy's head? Right. And it's pretty good. Um, I understand that he hasn't ever needed it. Um, and, and that's been a big part of it. You kind of work on it in spring training and realize, well, it doesn't matter. I'm going to strike out 40% of the guys anyway, so, so why throw it? Um, you know, I'm sure he's excited to get out there. And, and, and you know, I think now... Now we can start facing hitters in games, and he can start, you know, feeling, you know, how how his stuff is, and, and, and how he needs to attack hitters. But I mean, like, I think you always want more more tricks in your bag. And you know, yes, when you're 
you know, when you're at the absolute pinnacle of your powers, you can, you might be able to avoid, you know, certain sequences or avoid, you know, a third pitch, but, you know, father time comes for everybody. And if, if he feels like he needs it, then maybe he'll start mixing it in. So Ryan Dempster, can he, can a closer add a changeup at this point in a career and, and still be great? Yeah, absolutely. You know, don't, don't be afraid to adapt and, uh, and add, add an extra pitch to your arsenal. Um, I, I think that, like you said, the, the days of guys not being able to hit 95 painted down and away are over with. Guys take that pitch and they drive it out to right center field. So, yeah. um, you know, what was the bread and butter, right? Throw that pitch, get ahead, and then expand up in the strike zone is harder to do because guys hit that pitch now. So I think just like Jed said, if you give somebody else some, something to think about, the more things you can put in their head, this game is 90% mental. Everybody out there has got physical tools that match up with each other. It's it's uh, even, in a, even in a closer's role, being one step ahead of the hitter is super important. Unless you're Mariano Rivera and you have one pitch that stands the test of time, um, you have to adapt. And I, and I think I would love to see him break that out. And, and it doesn't have to be all the time. It doesn't have to be on a regular thing. But, hey, you know, i got a lefty up there in the first pitch of an at-bat. All of a sudden you drop a changeup. Now that 95, 96 on a 1-0 fastball, even if it's a ball, maybe doesn't get squared up because it's like just a little bit something else in their mind and a little bit of changing the timing of the hitter. And that's ultimately what pitching is. It's just affecting timing and um, you can do it no matter what velocity you're doing at. I remember Roger Clemens and Greg Maddox were matching up in the, in Houston and I was, my locker was next to Greg and Greg was pitching against them the next day. And this reporter came Ooh. up and said, he said, Hey man, you know, there's just, you know, two, two, 300 game winners pitching against each other. And you guys are two totally different pitchers. And Greg just kind of snapped back at him. He was like, no, we're not. We're exactly the same. And the guy's like, you're exactly the same. He goes, yeah, we both believe in changing speeds. We just do it 10 miles apart. Hmm. And I just thought that was brilliant because it's the truth. It doesn't matter how hard you throw. It's about disrupting timing. And I would love to see Craig because he, he's got the fastball and the breaking ball that are plus plus, and he had something like that. It could all of a sudden turn the corner where, you know, he's back to being the dominant Craig Kimbrell that <clears throat> he's used to being. Um, and simply by just throwing one or two of those and outing um, can change the whole dynamic of things. Wow, it's so interesting. It's scary, though, right? It's scary. I mean, I asked Ross about it, and, and, and David said, you know, the problem is if you try it and then you get beat with your third best pitch, it gets scary to do it again. Can you relate to yeah. that? Yeah, 100%. You know, um, but, you know, I think that's an important thing, right? It's scary to try something, and yep. it's scary to fail, but, you know, you have to fail to succeed. And... You know, unfortunately, right now, there's not, spring training would have been the best time to do that and, and, and use those pitches um, in those situations. And then on the flip side of that, too, is thinking of it positively. Now, all of a sudden, you throw it and you have success with it. You're like, oh, I can do that and I can build off of that. And there might be moments where it burns me, but maybe that's when I got a three-run lead, you know, and nobody on. And that's, that's the moment I'm going to choose to do that to see it be effective. Um, and you just pick and choose, but you know, it's, it's a tough thing to do because he is Craig Kimbrell. He is one of the elite closers we've seen, and he just had this bump in the road that I'm hoping a fresh start to the new season will lead to the successes that he's used to having and continue to build off that so that the Cubs continue to win ball games with him as the closer. 
Boy, that felt nice. That was actual baseball conversation, as if everything was fine, as if there's a there's a season, <laughs> as if there's a season right around the corner, and we can worry about things like uh, closers and and changeups. You know, someday, I, I hope someday so. soon. I hope it's, exactly. I, I look forward yeah. to that day, and I look forward to uh, you know to seeing you out at the ballpark and and sitting there and talking baseball again with you. Hey, Ryan, you're the best, man. Thanks so much for the time, and, um, and best to you and your family. Stay healthy, stay safe, and, uh, and let's, uh, let's keep dreaming of a, of a baseball season, no matter how short it might need to be. Let's get one this Ab- year. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you having me on, man. It was a blast. Ryan, you're the best. Thank you so much. That's Ryan Dempster. Go to offthemound.com. Offthemound.com. That's where you can find everything about his shows um, that he does throughout the course of the year and just uh, a fun dude to talk baseball with. That's for sure. Um, It's hit and run on 670 The Score. The Score is your home for live and local sports talk, and it continues after me. I'm on until noon. Julie and Maggie, Julie DeCaro, Maggie Hendricks from noon until three today. David Schuster right after that from three until six. CBS Sports Radio from 6 until midnight, and then the Grobber. The Grobber is in to do what he does uniquely and like no one else in the business or the universe, really. So the Grobber will be in from midnight until 5 a.m. We'll come back and talk to Chris Kamka, Cam Connections, and I'll, uh, I'll, give you, I'll give you why I have to go after our commissioner and the commissioner I wish I had. I want to make sure that we get that message across before we get out of here at noon. It's 670 The Score. Matt Spiegel with you on Hit and Run. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.